You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw Tua, looking. Flips it down the wide open! <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill! Unbelievable! Just flew by him for a second time. Tua knew where he was going right away. How the hit is that up, man? I really hope you soon jump on his bandwagon. Waddle, waddle. To a shotgun, back to throw, looking, steps up, fires, touchdown. Okay. Okay. It's Waddle. His sixth touchdown Six pass touchdown of the day. Drive time with Travis Wingfield begins now. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, we look at the aftermath from week number six, where things worked, where they didn't, and everything in between on the All-22 recap. Plus, we'll look at the key numbers, snap counts, and hear from head coach Mike McDaniel on his Monday media availability from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is the Drive Time Podcast. Let's jump right in here to the All-22 review, taking a look at this tape and start off as we do weekly with the offense. And a few notes that I thought were just kind of interesting as far as how the offense is structured and designed and the play sequencing. And I continue to be a big fan because the very first play of the game, and we talked about this on the preview podcast about how this Viking zone defense finds landmarks, gets their deep drops, and kind of has some space you can pick apart in the middle. And... From the very first play, I thought you saw the quality of the pacing and the timing of the routes in this offense. You go back and watch that play. All four eligibles that go out into the pattern sink their hips and got into the route at the exact same time. It is like watching synchronized swimming, and I think it speaks highly to the synchronicity of the offense and how the design of each play is predicated on the idea of creating spacing. Every route has a purpose. Go watch any of the great film evaluators we have out there. And right now there's hundreds of them in this, in this space and dollars to donuts. When you see an interception where it's difficult to understand why would the quarterback throw the ball to that spot? What was his read? What was his thinking there? You will almost always see the absence of a particular route that should be holding a defender who sinks into the coverage comes off there, man, whatever the case may be, the lack of a route designed to create the space for the route you want to throw can be the reason a lot of the times. And the Vikings, as we learned on those podcasts on Thursday and Friday, want to play coverage and keep the roof on top of the defense. And Miami did so well throughout this game with the spacing and timing to create easy windows for their quarterbacks. It's why I believe, you know, when we get Tua back in the fold, we can continue to put in those hours over the course of several weeks of an NFL season with him working with this first-team offense again, I have no doubt in my mind this offense is still not even close to reaching its peak form and what we can get from this group. But I do think we'll see that sooner rather than later, maybe even this week. Like I think it's coming very soon, an offensive explosion with what you have in terms of spacing and timing, the receivers we have in the, in the building as far as you know creating space, and what you're getting back in terms of your quarterback and potentially offensive linemen, hopefully, coming up this week. The 30-yard ball to Waddle to start the second drive from Skylar Thompson. You see Tyreek Hill take his motion across the formation straight into a vertical route. We've seen that this time this year plenty of times, right, where he 
gets that full speed running start, and then just boom, he's off, and he's getting vertical. He's chewing up ground immediately. And you also see on the other side of the formation, Tanner Connor, who takes a full sprint down the seam from his attached alignment, that Y position, the tight end right next to your offensive tackle. And both of those vertical routes with Tyreek's 4-2 speed and the head start and Tanner Connor's 4-4 speed from that attached position, it completely removes the top of the defense. And that allows Waddle to run his deep over into a completely vacated space. When Skyler lets the football go, Waddle is between the hash mark. He's in the middle of the football field at the 30-yard line. The closest defender is the underneath hook, who is eight yards in front of Jalen, and then the three deep, each deep player is covering a third. Each of the deep thirds are sprinting towards the end zone 10 yards away from him because they have to worry about Cheetah and Tanner Connor. You've never seen a player that wide open 30 yards downfield. It's part of the offensive structure. It's why I'm so excited about the future of this offense, even just six games in here under Mike McDaniel. Then there's a wheel route to Trent Sherfield. I know you guys recall it got called back on a penalty where Waddle runs a slant that displaces the curl defender that creates that space for Sherfield up the sideline. Again, timing and spacing continues to create these nice opportunities for whoever is playing the quarterback position. The coolest part about it is that Sherfield is the fly sweep motion running behind Waddle to the boundary, the short side of the field. Remember, boundary is not referring to the perimeter. It's the short side of the field. And Tyreek is in a nasty split to the field. What's that mean? The field's the wide side of the field. And uh, the nasty split means you're in close to the offensive tackle, basically a, a tight end position. And he runs split flow at the snap. What does that mean? It means he comes across the formation like you would uh, to kind of mix up your zone looks in the running game, which just gives the linebackers so much to keep their eyes on. You have a potential handoff to Sherfield, a potential inside shovel to Tyreek running that same direction just from a more delayed pattern, a potential quick hitter slant inside to Waddle, and then the forgotten route winds up being the most dangerous one, a wheel route 15 yards downfield before the ball's to him, or I should say the ball gets there when he's 15 yards downfield and the nearest DB is three or four yards away. So there was multiple instances where guys are just wide the heck open in this offense. And man, on the play where Teddy got tripped on his drop back, <sighs> Jalen Waddle comes wide open on an over out. And I'm not sure where the progression would have taken him, obviously. But if we see, if we see that route and we hit that route, it's minimum first and goal. If not a touchdown, we wind up making a field goal, but it's just, that's how frustrating this tape was. Like if your right guards, you know, left foot kick slide is three inches further up the field, it doesn't trip Teddy Bridgewater. You potentially have the opportunity to see that route and hit it for a big play, maybe even a touchdown. Uh, those are the, some of the offensive structures I was looking at that I thought were really pleasing to the eye. Let's go ahead and get to the individuals here. Starting with Skylar Thompson at the quarterback position. I thought his very first play of the game was really good progression where he got to the backside after crossing off his front side checklist. So that's a good uh, you know, look for the young quarterback to be able to get through that. There was a corner route on the second play of the game where we took Tyreek Hill to the flat with a cloud corner before Skylar separates the hands, has already made up his mind that he's going to close and take away the short route, which frees up Mike on the flag route, the corner route. And Skyler is rolling that way and has time and plenty of arm talent to get it there. But he took Tyreek. I'm not going to blame you for throwing the ball at Tyreek ever, but I think Gasicki had about 15, 20 more yards on that play. And you know, that's the point of these evaluations, right? We talk about every single play. 
On the next one, his scramble first down, great play, great job getting the first down, moving the chains. And again, we're not going to complain about success, but we're talking about what we see, right? And he had the right look, the right leverage, the right coverage for a big chunk once again to Mike Gasicki, where he hits the top of the drop, hitches up, and if he lets it rip in timing and in rhythm, it's going to be a huge play, but that's not the same level of trust, you know, for as a, you might have from a third-year quarterback and elite processor that you would have in a rookie. We make a play either way. It's great. But man, watching these tapes the last three weeks just continues to really make me appreciate. Number one, uh, the throw to Mike on the first possession, you know, Gasicki heavily involved, was absolutely absurd. A real positive sign of growth, even within the progression, or the I should say within Within that same possession, learning from a previous look on the scramble play, thought he had Gesicki, but eschewed it for the throw. And then he comes right back with a similar look and zing, rips that thing right in there, this time on time, in rhythm, and off the back foot, uh, or I should say off, off that first hitch up. And then, you know, I mentioned the design of the 30-yard hit to Waddle. Really nice throw right there to put some air under it and get Jalen clear of any potential hit or contact from that underneath defender. So there's, you know, it's going back and forth, some good, some things you can say, hey, here's where we can get better. That's every game for every player. But, you know, with a rookie quarterback especially, you point those things out. Uh, There was a play on a hookup route to Tyreek Hill, just a little bit late. Just get the ball out there, you know, one hitch earlier, and you can maximize the yak that you get, which we saw in this game. Uh, Again, there was another play later. Some of these plays were, were called back on penalties, right? But the scramble slash off script throw to River Craycraft was his best of the day. On the move, trail defender on that downfield hip, the underneath hip of Craycraft, and he just throws it right on stride upfield to Craycraft. Exceptional throw, especially after withstanding a hit in the pocket after everything was covered up with an immediate pressure right in his face. The big gain to Waddle right before, or on that same drive, the flag barrage drive, again, we're just a a modicum late, a step late, because Waddle has to stop on the ball with the middle of the field open. Their safeties were not in the middle of the field. He could have caught this thing on time. And I think, you know, the offensive pass interference call on Ingold, for instance, is because we hitched up one too many times where, you know, Tyreek catches what looks like a flare route, completely flat-footed, standing still. And on both of these things, just a little bit sooner anticipation can make all the difference in the world. Again, something to learn to learn off of uh, from his first start. The next drive, we take a deep shot to Tyreek Hill with two defenders in the area. It's second down and eight. It's off coverage, a full sprint vertical from the cornerback on this play and running it right into a safety who shaded to that side of the field as well. So two guys capped over the top and we let it rip. Like you can't waste those downs because you had a great pocket and options underneath. Don't just throw it just to throw it. Uh, we did on that play. Uh, there were a couple of plays that just could have been a little bit quicker, but man, I think you saw some really good potential there to develop out of Skylar Thompson. Some of the traits that he's putting on tape makes it a little bit mind-blowing to think that he was on the board for you there in the seventh round. How about Teddy Bridgewater? Thought his best throw perhaps was the first one, an absolute missile into a tight window to Mike Gasicki on that little rounded slant route that he runs down the seam just beyond the linebacker right before the safety who can't close on it because of that. You see Teddy's hand separate before Mike clears the curl defender. We love that anticipation here on the Drive Time Podcast. The play at the two-minute warning. It's 7-3, first and 10 at the plus 34-yard line. You're right. You're in field goal range, right? Tyreek and Jalen run a switch release to the wide side of the field, the field, and Chase Edmonds runs a swing route against an outflaked linebacker. Chase is three steps outside the hash, and the man covering him is not just 10 yards downfield and on the far hash on the other side of the field. So at least 10 yards of depth and at least 10 yards of width. 
and Waddle is almost coming out of his break 10 yards down the field with, again, middle of the field open, but Tyreek is double covered with a cornerback literally all over him. He's touching him. There's no separation. Ball sails high out of bounds, and when you go to the end zone angle, Jordan Hicks, the linebacker, literally points out Chase and says, get over there. Like Right as Teddy pulls the ball back from play action, he's yelling, get out there. Number two is wide open. You see Eric Kendricks react super late. Killer miss right there. We then go run for no gain, incomplete pass, miss field goal. Brutal, absolutely brutal. Such a frustrating tape to watch. Not to mention there was a clear lane for him to step up into and throw a, you know, what was a third down check down route, but we expedite the process to get that throw to the back who hasn't even made his break yet out of the out of the route. So frustrating sequence there. In the third quarter, there were two balls behind Jalen Waddle. The first one, Patrick Peterson nearly jumps it. The next one is broken up with some room to run after. I liked the way he bounced back after that was really impressive, but man, there was a chance to hit Waddle on a big play there. The play that he does make to Tyreek on the 28-yard catch and run is so beautiful. He sidesteps immediate pressure, then throws across his body to an all-alone Tyreek Hill, and then perhaps the best throw I thought was the one on the Waddle fumble, where he drops the arm slot and just slot and just flips it out there, opposed to a longer windup because there's immediate pressure, has to get it out quick. He does, puts it right on the money for Waddle. Let's move on to the receivers now. Tyreek Hill, man, he is just a solution to so many issues you might have. Third and 10, short of the midfield stripe. Two straight immediate pressures forced Teddy to throw the football away. And then Tyreek gets single coverage, runs the corner five yards beyond the sticks before he throttles down and the ball is right there in time for a big conversion and an extra seven yards after the catch. He did that all day long. He makes a tough catch later on going to the ground where he has a solid five or six yards of separation and the ball is impacted by Teddy getting hit on the play. But I just always appreciate a receiver securing those catches off the ground. That's not easy to do at all. I sure do love that little gather step that he does when working back to the quarterback where he kind of catches it and then, you know, puts the ball away and takes a jump step backwards to create more separation. On the 28-yard play, 20 of it's after the catch because he does that hop step and the corner falls off to the wrong side. Tyreek sees it and just goes 0-60, to eating up yardage in the blink of an eye. On the fourth and five, man, he's getting press. The safety is bracketing him. Double coverage. He beats the press with his release, and he wins it so quickly and so obviously that the corner then takes off. says, I have to get deep because Tyreek can run by all of us. And then Tyreek hits the brakes. It's five yards of separation coming back to the quarterback, and Teddy cannot ask for an easier throw, and he just keeps coming back to the quarterback. Big-time stuff there from your top dog receiver. How about Waddle? His understanding of landmarks and steps and timing is such high level. The way he stems and sets up his route at the top of the route is very nuanced. The ball off of his shoulder that gets picked off, you see him peek at the defense just before he secured the catch, and it ricochets in the worst way possible, so a mistake there for Waddle. But on the one where the ball is a bit behind and broken up, oh, I referred to it earlier, second and 10, middle third quarter, he's the point in trips, the highest man up on the line of scrimmage, and he wants to run a crossing route off the safety who's getting depth in what looks to me like cover one, which is your single high safety, man coverage underneath Not only does he stay on the stem to push that safety deeper, he takes one last step inside at the top of the stem that widens Peterson to create that separation once he breaks the route off at the top. The ball's out on time, but it's on the back shoulder and broken up. At the time of the breakup, Jalen is at the hash at the 30-yard line. The safety 
is between the hash marks, so trailing behind the play at the 36. There's one more corner on the other side of the field with Sherfield right there for a block. And so if Jalen can make the safety miss in open space, it might be an 88-yard touchdown. And he set it up all with that little nuance in his route running. It's something we talked about this offseason with Tyreek and how he does that. To me, it says a lot about Jalen to really incorporate those little details into his game because clearly he's getting that from Tyreek Hill and he's putting it into his game. Way to use your resources. Then, man, he had a touchdown later in the game too. First play after the Vikings made it 16-3. He runs to the flag on the opposite side of the field. He's in the short side of the field and he runs across the entire thing. There's a middle of the field safety and the corner to that side jumps Tyreek Hill's dig route that the ball eventually goes to for a first down, by the way, so that's good. But Waddle was all alone with nothing but green grass in front of him. And speaking of, man, the fumble, it's a great play by Harrison Smith, but Jalen was out of that tackle. He just didn't secure the ball. You see him try to re-secure the ball and that's when he goes down but he had the angle up the sideline, kind of like Kenyon Drake in the Miami Miracle, man. That one hurt. Running backs, Raheem Mostert, the first carry of the game, makes an unblocked man miss in the backfield, turns it right into a three-yard gain. What an impressive runner he is. I sure liked his patience on that 16-yard run on the toss left where Ingold comes in motion and wipes out the man that Hunter Long originally engages with, and then Hunter climbs and gets the DB out of the play. Liam Eichenberg stays on his block the entire time. Greg Little walls off the Mike linebacker, and the safety comes down and makes the play. Like, that's perfect. You're just, you know, your first contact is the safety 20 yards away. That's his job to make that tackle, but springing your back untouched to that post-safety, that's chef's kiss, man. Onto the offensive line, obviously not the best day. I thought Connor Williams and Rob Hunt, who have had really good seasons, just not not their best days. Like high bars for both those guys, but I didn't think either of them stayed on blocks the way we've gotten used to through the first five games. That ineligible man downfield flag on Connor, ah, that was rough. Not really sure what happened on that play. And again, same with Rob, didn't sustain blocks like we're used to. Got fooled a couple of times uh, from the Vikings rush games, including the hit that got Skylar knocked out of the game. On Liam Eikenberg, a couple of times where he's kind of slow to come off the chip and double and gets beat inside by a fitting backer. The first sack of the game is a late reaction to a twist once the man's all the way by him for a free run on the quarterback, knocked out of field goal range. The hold on the Craycraft play, just an absolute killer. The pressure is the reason Skylar's able to kind of create that way, but getting walked back right off the jump causes that hold because uh, he was retreating from the word go. Greg Little, there was just a lot of oversets, inside access, beat around the post, bull rushes, just not his best tape either, obviously. I thought Brandon Shell played really well. The way he kind of shortens the runway, the same type of way that Teron Armstead does is impressive. He did really well to give himself all kinds of room to work in those one-on-one situations, which we asked him to do quite a bit of that, and he won for the most part. On the deep shot that we tried to Tyreek to start the third drive of the game, the Vikings have a three technique who is outside of Rob Hunt, outside shoulder at right guard, and a wide nine, a two-point stance rusher with Gasicki in the extra gap. So he's really got no clear you know, pre-snap information to tell him where his block is. So Mike chips the wide nine. So what Shell does is squeezes that outside rush of that defensive tackle to help Rob Hunt, but he puts himself in position to get depth with his secondary drop step once Gasicki releases the chip which he does, and then Shell gets to that final landmark and just picks up Zadarius Smith very cleanly. Very, very nice. Good eyes, good feet. It all works in tandem. I'm impressed by Brandon Shell. 
And then Teddy's very first drive of the game, he washes down the four eye, that inside shoulder, you know, the, the player that lines up off the tackles inside shoulder on a reach block where he crosses face and takes him right out of the play. Again, run game, pass game, very impressed by Brandon Shell. Mike Kosicki, love the way he widened the zones on those quick slants, jab step outside, cross face, and stay on track through contact, uh, to reach out and pluck the football off your frame. Good stuff from Mike there. Also love the way he covered up on the touchdown catch, get the ball, put it away, didn't allow the defense a chance to make a breakup on it. Uh, rough game for the other tight ends in the blocking game, I thought. That's the offense. Let's take our first break and come back into the defense. That's next on the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. Second segment on a long Tuesday podcast, picking it back up with the defensive All-22 review, and we start up front with Emmanuel Ogba on the very first third down of the game. Kirk Cousins has Justin Jefferson wide open at the sticks, but the ball is high, and the reason? Ogba walks his man right into Cousins' lap, and he has to get the ball over that big paw right in his face, and he cannot do it, so that's a big impact right there. Big reason why pressures are very important and not just sacks, guys. Uh, He made another super impressive play set in the edge where he gets off the block after getting outside and then coming back inside under the block to cut Dalvin Cook down for a three-yard gain. That's the play right after Jalen Rager's big punt return. Andrew Van Ginkle discards tight ends in the run game as well as anybody I've ever seen. Like, you can set your watch to it, and you can also say, like, yeah, you're supposed to win those, but he always does. He shuts down their second play of the game doing this. Then the second down on the next series gets off a block from Irv Smith, forces Cook to bubble to avoid the tackle for loss, and that gives Baker enough time to scrape right over the top and usher Cook out of bounds for a gain of one. Trey Flowers has had some good reps. I hope he gets back healthy because he damn near gets himself a safety on a stunt with Jalen Phillips, which, by the way, how about the front on that play? You talk about multiplicity. It was the Cousins throwaway in the end zone. Flowers over the nose. Baker mugged up in the B gap, which is tackle between tackle and guard. Phillips is the 2I, which is on the inside shoulder of one of your uh, offensive guards. And then Ogba and Ingram are off the edges. It's a lot of pass rush talent on third and long. You get your tackles out of the game. You bring all your defensive ends and edge outside linebackers. Both of the guys win, Flowers and Phillips. And I have no idea how Cousins got that ball away. It saved him two points because Miami won that play big time. Christian Wilkins, the two plays he made after the failed fake punt, doesn't just force Justin Jefferson to bubble on the jet sweep, which is the number one key when you can get upfield like that. 
he gets him down for a six-yard loss. The next play, jab step right, crossover left to get the left guard out over his skis, swims in, puts him on the ground, and greets Dalvin Cook right in the gap for another TFL. And on that play, Phillips took his man right into the backfield, which created way more space for Wilkins to operate with. Zach Sealer damn near changed the game with an exceptional play on a Viking screen pass where he fights through a block and puts a big paw on the football to jar it loose. Ah, so close. Raekwon Davis, that play was hurried by Davis on that screen when he just chucked his man right out of the club and got an immediate pressure on Kirk Cousins, which didn't allow the Vikings to set up the screen they were looking for there properly as no one can get out to their blocks. Then the very next play, he gets his sack where his initial punch sends the right guard tumbling, and Davis just continues running right through him for a sack. He had himself a nice game as well. The entire Dolphins defense played well, man. Alandon Roberts gets pushed back on a climb from the tight end to clog up Cook's gap, his track. They're trying to get that second-level block, and he just greets him and takes him backwards. The very next play, he spies Kirk Cousins, and when Cousins hitches up, Roberts closes and wham, got him for the sack. He later came free on the A-gap for another sack on Kirk Cousins as well. So a nice day for Landon Roberts. Jalen Phillips had a monster day in this game. On the first sack, it's one of the most absurd reps I've seen. He gets off the initial chip attempt of one tight end. Then here comes another tight end and split flow action. And Phillips just steamrolls him. Like remember the episode of Malcolm in the middle where Hal gets the steamroller and runs a bunch of things over. It looked like that, like an actual steamroller. Then he stops on a dime, changes directions and gets cousins for the back or from the back. I should say all of his traits that we love were on display on that single rep. He walks the left tackle right into Cousins' lap on the next play, who then has to take a check down on third and long. Later in the game, he condenses inside once again and runs the loop around the pick by Christian. And man, again, the traits, the way he turns the corner and scrapes off that pick from Wilkins, the burst through the change of direction is so super rare. This guy playing multiple positions, like he's getting the job done, man. Jalen Phillips is playing awesome football right now. Xavier Howard, the pass breakup on Minnesota's third drive where he's covering Adam Thielen is absolutely textbook. First, he and Needham communicate their man coverage assignments as they short motion to stack, which gives you two receivers on top of each other. Kind of can confuse your defensive coverage that way, but not when they communicate it well. Thielen tries to create space on a curl, but X not only walls off a potential vertical throw, he works back down the stem while doing that for the pass breakup. That is vintage X. You take away the, the route, with the ability to play the ball on the complete opposite of that route. It's doing two jobs at once. X does that so many times. He did it here. So very good. On the very next play, he zone turns, which is where you show man, then you put your butt to the sideline, get eyes on the quarterback and process from there, passes off receiver, picks up the flat route and knocks him out of bounds for a two-yard gain. He was on fire in this game. I thought he, Nick Needham, Keon Crossan, Noah Ignogany as well, were all playing their best games of the year. Nobody was open, and that was pretty evident with how many times Cousins had to hitch up, pump, double clutch, all that stuff. He did, on the Vikings' first touchdown drive, get caught guessing on a Jefferson bluffed drag route where he then goes back out to the perimeter. And X, working through a pick, just runs inside to nobody, and Jefferson's all alone for a coverage bust. He also kind of got beat on the Thielen touchdown, but you ask so much of a cornerback in this system, especially one of Xavier Howard's caliber. Those plays are going to happen. Two negatives out of the whole game. Well, three with the pick play from Jefferson as, as well. Out of, you know, 60 snaps, we'll take it all day long. 
Keon Crossan, that hand he had in there for the pass breakup on the Vikings' third drive was awesome, where he fights through some traffic from trips and drives on the end break to get his hand up in there. The complete lack of fear that he shows as well, sticking his face in there against the run, is just awesome. We, we've seen it in his career so far that he can play the run, the screen game very well. He comes in there and nails Dalvin Cook after a very short pickup on their first touchdown drive in that first half. A good play from Crossan there. Shame to see him go out with injury as well. Brandon Jones, again, that first cross and play where he gets the pass breakup. The hit that Jones put on Osborne on that play is also a chef's kiss. Just such good team defense on so many plays in this game for Miami. He was in in good shape and coverage against tight ends all day was Brandon Jones. Had a really nice tackle after our first touchdown drive of the game in that fourth quarter to get the tight end to the ground for a minimal gain. You can use the momentum of the offense scoring touchdown, get a quick stop on first down. Just really consistent tackling throughout the course of this game, being in good spots and finishing plays, I thought was the big story for this defense. Nick Needham, man, he was playing so well. I feel so much for him on that injury. Get well soon, Nick. I know you'll come back even stronger than before. Noah Igbenogany, the first play where he draws defensive pass interference, man, he was in great shape right there. Panicked a little bit and got hit with the flag, but the way he responded the rest of the game I thought was really awesome to see for the young corner. His first pass breakup, he just won the route at every stage, one-on-one versus Adam Thielen. Good jam, releases at five yards, runs out of the break, has hands on the ball, but Thielen breaks it up on the backside. The very next play, he blankets Thielen again for no target. Then they come back to him on another vertical shot on the very next series, and he's in phase and just erases any chance Thielen has to make a play by pinning him to the sideline. And, you know, it looked like he was the receiver on the play. So another nice day here. Uh, or I should say a nice day here for Noah Igbenogany. Justin Bethel, the play on third and short, the throw where he came and got Thielen short of the sticks. What a nice read. Good job to pull the trigger and come out of that break, come up and make a play. I just thought the defense played really, really well in this game. If they can keep that rolling, I like our chances to be in a lot of football games this year. It was really the Dalvin Cook run and the big play to Jefferson. And we got caught on the pick and missed a couple of tackles on the Cook run. But aside from that, man, it, the, the quick change is tough on the cook run and the, the big play of Jefferson. But aside from that, it was, it was really good all day for this Dolphins defense. Let's go ahead and take our second break and come back on the other side and do the numbers, the snap counts, and hear from head coach Mike McDaniel and his Monday news conference. That's next. Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps. In the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. 
We pick it back up here in segment three with pro football focus and next-gen stat numbers looking at this Dolphins and Vikings 24-16 defeat here in week number six. For the quarterbacks, it was a day under duress with six sacks, 19 hits, and 32 pressures surrendered on 55 dropbacks. Dolphins QBs were 10 of 16 for 141 yards under pressure. It's not bad compared to 20 of 31 with 277 yards when kept clean. That's really good from Pro Football Focus. Bridgewater on 20-plus yard throws was 2 of 4 for 44 yards. In the 10 to 19 yard range, he was 9 for 13 with a buck 35, a touchdown, and two picks. He had 2.88 seconds average time to throw. Two was at like 2.5 this year, up from 2.3 last year. So these are much longer numbers than when Tua plays, which I don't know, it's kind of indicative of how he plays but also how the scheme gives you just more time back there uh, 9.4 average depth of target and one drop which of course led to the pick Skylar Thompson had two throws of 20 plus yards he completed one of them for 30 yards he was two for two on the intermediate throws in that 10 to 19 yard range for 36 yards his time to throw on average was 2.67 so you know two tenths of a second quicker, which is a a lot of time in this league, 10.6 average depth of target, two drop passes, but that average depth of target, man, this team attacks vertically, creates space down the field. Pressures allowed was nine for Greg Little, was a rough tape, we we know that. Liam Eikenberg, three pressures, Connor Williams, one, Robert Hunt, three, and Brandon Shell, two from Pro Football Focus. Raheem Mostert forced three missed tackles on his 14 carries. It's good for 2.29 average yards after contact. Tyreek had 177 yards on 15 targets with an 80% catch rate. What? It's 11.8 yards per target. It's 4.02 yards per route ran. So eight yards per target's good. Two yards per route ran's good. He's four yards over the first mark, double the second mark, an absurd day. Did you guys see the amount of separation that he created on that fourth and five play where he's bracketed? It's crazy. He also forced three missed tackles and piled up 67 yards of rack. That's 5.6 average yak yards per catch. He leads the NFL with 701 receiving yards and has the most receiving yards in franchise history through the first six games ever. Jalen Waddle caught six of 10 for a buck 29. That's 12.9 yards per target, even higher than Tyreek's. It's 2.63 yards per route ran. He had 68 rack yards on one forced missed tackle. It's an average of 11.3 yak yards per catch. He is fifth among all receivers in yak over expected, that next-gen stat. He's fifth in the NFL in receiving with 533 yards. Mike Gesicki, much improved gritty to go along with six grabs on seven targets for 69 yards. Nice. That's 9.9 yards per target. On defense, Jalen Phillips leads the way with six pressures. Roberts, Wilkins, Ingram, and Davis all have two apiece. Sealer, Ogba, Baker, and Flowers all had one pressure. Run stops, Sealer and Jones, Brandon Jones had three each. Phillips, Wilkins, Roberts, and Ogba had two apiece, and seven players had one. The coverage snaps and yardage allowed X in coverage on 35 snaps, 110 yards allowed, 47 of that on the one play, obviously. But again, watch this tape. X has asked so much in this defense. Holland did not get targeted, 34 coverage snaps, no yards allowed. Brandon Jones, 27 coverage snaps, just eight yards allowed on two targets. Again, he played really well in this game. Noah Igbenogany, 19 coverage snaps, no yards allowed. 0 for 2 on targets, 1 defensive pass interference, 2 pass breakups. Pretty good day for Noah Igbenogany. Keon Cross and end coverage on 11 snaps, 1 yard allowed. Justin Bethel, 11 coverage snaps, no yards allowed. And Nick Needham played coverage on 9 snaps, allowed 18 yards. Again, playing so well, but get well soon, man. So there you go. 
Those are your stats. Let's go ahead and finish up with snap counts and head coach Mike McDaniel Presser on the offensive line. We went wire to wire. Was that the first time this year? 78 snaps for all five of the offensive linemen. Waddle played 62 snaps to Tyreek's 60. That's good for 79 and 77% of the workload. Pretty good number there when you have the depth to kind of work guys in to keep those guys fresh and keep them at their most dangerous. Teddy played 54 snaps compared to 24 for Skylar Thompson. Sherfield was third in receiver reps at 52. It's a pretty big development there. River Craycraft, 17. Cedric Wilson, 15. And then at tight end, Gasicki leads the way with 50 snaps. That's 64% of the workload. Hunter Long played 21 snaps and Tanner Connor, 8. And then at running back, Raheem Mostert, 48 snaps to Chase Edmonds is 31. That's a 62-40% snap workload, which means obviously 2% of that. They're both out there together. And Alec Ingold played one-third of the snaps with 26 snaps played. On defense, Javon Holland, Jerome Baker, and Xavier Howard did not leave the field. They played all 52 snaps. Christian Wilkins is absolutely insane. (laughs) 49 snaps. 94% of the workload and 12 special team snaps. He is an absolute machine. Brandon Jones played 48, just left the field for four snaps out there. Raekwon Davis is conditioning pretty good. 40 snaps for him. Zach Sealer, 38 snaps. Jalen Phillips, 38 snaps. Emmanuel Ogba, 36 snaps. Alandon Roberts was your second highest snap taker at linebacker with with, uh, 39, I should say. That's 75% of the workload. Melvin Ingram played 24 snaps, a bit of a departure from the last couple of games. Andrew Van Ginkle played 20 snaps. So there you go. He gets an increased workload there and made the most of it, I thought. Igbenogany played 31 snaps at corner. That was the third highest snap taker. Check that. Second highest snap taker at cornerback. Needham played 13. Cross and 12. Bethel 13 as well. Eric Rowe had 11. Tyndall played two snaps. Duke Riley one snap. And Trey Flowers, the one snap he had was impactful. But that was it for him. So there you go. There's your snap counts. Let's go ahead and finish up the podcast here with head coach Mike McDaniel, who gave us all kinds of updates on a very banged up Dolphins team. The plan is to have Tua enter the week as the starting quarterback. So it sounds like we're going to have Tua back on Sunday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Byron Jones, no timetable yet. He will not return to practice this week. So we'll wait and see on number 24. We will see about Teron Armstead, who coach said the time off was very beneficial for him. And it'll be day by day for him. Same deal with Austin Jackson coming back from that high ankle sprain, seeing how well he can get back out there and ready to go with his second week of practice now in that 21-day activation window. Nick Needham going to go on IR. Skylar Thompson's thumb has him day-to-day, which Coach says is kind of a bucket that our entire team seems to be in in that day-to-day plan. Let's go ahead and play a couple of sound bites here from head coach Mike McDaniel, uh, starting here with what Tua's return means to the football team. Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, he's, he's a captain. He's a captain for, the reason, for a reason. Um, and as I've uh, told you guys um, from the onset, I think he's a very, very good player at that position. So um, very, very good players. Uh, they, uh, they definitely give people um, a boost, um, not because of what other people aren't, but more just because he is who he is. So, um, you know, he's a strong fabric um, of this team, and that's that's exciting um, when when you when you get to go play with with one of your brothers, which is why the team will will be excited and it will be exciting. We are all very excited about that. Next coach was asked about if you will request Tua to kind of change his play style about some of the hits he's taken in the pocket back there. Here's coach talking about the approach to live to fight another down for your QB one. Uh, I've talked to him, um, you know, 
lot sooner than this week, you know, um, when we were, when you'd come by the office and we'd just kind of talk about, you know, how, how things have, uh, how things have kind of gone, you know, this, this is, there's risks in this game. Um, and you, you got to be able to control the controllables. One thing for him is, uh, is y- you love his competitive nature. Okay, but there is a time um, uh, in a play where you have to kind of concede, um, and that's where he's uh, where he's kind of been focusing on because it's something that's not natural to him. He he wants to break every tackle and and um, and he he doesn't like when plays don't work. Well, sometimes they won't. So he that that's something that. Um, he's mindful of, um, I, and I think that, you, that, uh, that that's a consistency of, you know, all the really great quarterbacks that you think of, you know, the, the guys that you look up to, the guys that kind of set forth the example of how to play the position, um, they do find ways to be available, and part of that is that concession, um, but that that is a... a all things considered, that's probably, you know, it's a good good problem to have in terms of a competitor. You just need to be able to understand your your um, importance to the team and, and how sometimes um, the best play you can make is a, a throwaway. Really good stuff there from Coach. We'll finish up with this quote about Jalen Waddle, and I asked the question because I was curious to hear how Coach felt about this because as a fan, you know, I love the, the camaraderie and the brotherhood of the NFL. And, you know, you go get your jersey swap, you talk to an ex-college teammate or your buddy after the game. But I also kind of like it when I see someone like Jalen Waddle very upset about the fact that, he, you know, the ball slipped out of his hand there at the end of the game and it was a costly turnover and he was upset about it. And so I asked Coach, does it kind of, does it fire you up to see a guy that's, that's so fiery himself and that it clearly means so much to? Here's Coach talking about that moment for Waddle and how he can channel it positively into his play. Well, it, it's definitely case by case for him in particular. Um, you know, I I recognize it as a as a good thing in nature. Like it's good that you're mad, um, but you know, as he's a he's a young player that um, is going to have a wonderful career, and we rely on him to you know, make plays for us. So, uh, to me, I think, you know, the, the, one of the things that he can take a step forward in is being able to translate that frustration towards the next play rather than, um, his helmet in the side and the sideline bench, because, um, people understand where he's coming from, but also what he aspires to be as a player. Um, and what, what I want to see him get to, um, when you're a big time leader, uh, you you ends up you end up translating that energy um, for things between whistles. So um, it was it was definitely not a negative thing, but something that I could um, that I that I used the opportunity to to try to um, sh- give him a picture and a vision of you know growth moving forward because things will 
happen that you don't want to happen. You know, he was, he, uh, uh, regardless, he was trying to catch the first turnover um, that bounced off of him and was an interception. Then he was trying to score when he let, let the ball be a little loose and um, 22 made a terrific play. That is, that is coming from the right place. He's trying to help the team win. Um, and then you can just learn from those examples because they're very powerful and um, emotional because that, that's the type of competitor he is. And the competitor he is is why he is my favorite player in the National Football League. All right, that's going to be my time on the podcast today. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. You can follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank podcast with uh, our Twitter Spaces show every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. That's on Twitter, of course. Our post-game show on 560 WQAM down here in South Florida. Also, the international podcast. I believe I'm doing the English podcast this week, or the, the UK podcast, I should say. So check us out on that one. Check out the YouTube channel for media availabilities, Dolphins Today, all kinds of additional content there as well. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up. Caroline, Daddy's coming home.